thanks for joining us on Paths to Restoration. I'm Ed Szeski, and I am joined by author Catherine McNeil. She's an author and speaker, and her books are Long Days of Small Things and All Shall Be Well. Thanks for joining me today, Catherine. Thanks for having me, Ed. Uh, so I always like to start out with just, you know, talk a little bit about your books, about your work these days, and, uh, you know, even what you're working on, like right now. Absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, I have two books currently out. Um, Long Days of Small Things is my first. It's uh, The subtitle is Motherhood as a Spiritual Discipline. And I wrote that when my children were in preschool. And uh, I kept hearing the message that I know I have three, I have three children. So um, I kept hearing the message that, well, in order to really pursue a spiritual life, you have to find that 30 to 60 minutes of time alone with God. And I tried. I really did. Um, a spiritual formation is important to me. I was well-trained in um, the rudiments of discipleship. Um, and the spiritual practices, but even at three o'clock in the morning, I wasn't alone. Even in the bathroom, <laughs> I wasn't alone at any time of the day or night. And um, I just felt confident that uh, God was not counting me out, that God had invented this season of life. He had invented um, reproduction <laughs> and the need that small children have on their parents. And that um, it wasn't that I was feeling so entitled to my own time that I couldn't make time for God. It's that I had already poured out all of my time to God and to service um, and to nurturing, all of which are spiritual disciplines in and of themselves. And so um, I wrote to encourage other parents, um, specifically moms, but plenty of dads and even caregivers have uh, reached out to me to say that it was meaningful for them also to see God's redemptive work sustaining them right in the tasks that they're already doing when there's, when there simply isn't more margin to carve out. Right. Um, right. My second book is called All Shall Be Well, Awakening to God's Presence in His Messy, Abundant World. And I look at the cycles of creation, the rhythms that are already embedded in the world that God made. And I think God created intentionally and joyfully. And I find that every single day, every single year, we go through cycles of new life, um, vibrancy and fullness, uh, decline and death, and then a pause for dormancy and then beginning again. And I ask myself, what is it that God is teaching us in these cycles that God created? Um, and how can we find God in those cycles, which we so often love to ignore. You know, we like to just kind of stay at full vibrancy all the time, uh, maybe dabbling into new life every now and then, but we don't prefer decline and dormancy as much. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this morning, even I was trying to go through my prayer book and one of my kids got up early and so he's like giving me like he's just totally in the weeds about some video game that they <clears throat> they play as like a break during school yeah and uh you know i was thinking of a henry nowen quote that like uh my my ministry is the interruption mm -hmm. yes um, you know there's that sense of like oh this is an interruption from you know the spiritual task but you know there are these other moments around us that you know, we can, we can embrace the interruptions too. And there's a lot more interruptions right now. Absolutely. Yes. The ministry of interruptions, you know, and we think of faith as something that happens in our head or maybe in our heart, but 
uh, I write about how Jesus was hanging out with fishermen and talking about yeast, making bread and talking about sheep. And he placed the gospel in all of the tangible, tactile things of everyday life. And I think if he were here teaching us today uh, in the flesh, that he would be doing the same. Hmm. It is interesting to think about just the, even just the idea of interruptions is that, you know, so much of his ministry happened because he was interrupted. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. And he also snuck away to lonely places to pray. And I don't, I love that. I'm very much an introvert. I want yeah. every little lonely place I can find, <laughs> but um, I'm convinced. I think that's why it matters to me so much is because I need it so badly that um, God has taught me how to, find him even when that's not available to me which is very much the case during this pandemic right <laughs> yeah the kids and i my school-aged children um are together every single minute of the day and night <laughs> right right yeah and and then the, the your second book i'm curious like how did that uh come about because you know that yes the, the seasons the cycles you know was there was there a particular experience that you're like oh like I'm feeling this. I need to write about it. Or... Yeah, that's a good question. I think looking back on um, a blog that I wrote 15 years ago. Um, yeah. Time flies. In <laughs> um, journals and things that I've written throughout the years, I think I've always been really enamored by um, creation and the cycles uh, and the, you know, we talk about spiritual rhythms as mm -hmm. we do spiritual practices. We talk about seasons spiritual seasons, spiritual rhythms. And uh, I just think that there's this whole panorama of spiritual practice happening in the sky and in the ground and the soil um, that we can tap into. I, I think I've just always been enamored by that, always mm. seeking for that. Um, but I am an avid, gar an avid gardener. All um, right. Yes. We have an enormous garden. Um, we've actually taken over most of our yard and then rented several plots at a community garden as well. Um, and so I get up and close and personal with the thrill of something new peeking through the ground when it's still the season of death. Um, mm. And I get up and close and personal with how very busy the thriving season is and how delicious, how the duties and the delights uh, go hand in hand. Yeah. And also how sad, how much of a loss there is when that season, which was so short, ends. Um, but how the new life doesn't come without that period, without that pause. Um, you know, that's, you know, even our own breathing cycle is is a microcosm of that you know we breathe in we breathe out and then we have to pause you know we can't just always be inhaling we mm. can't always be exhaling we have to follow the whole cycle and even sleeping you know as much as we love it to be two o'clock in the afternoon all the time um we need we need sleep mm. we have to power down and that's it's in the powering down it's in the letting go it's in the accepting the loss, the dormancy, that we find new life again the next morning. Mm. So, right. yeah. That's, and that's a helpful, I mean, just to, you know, part of the goal of this podcast is to talk about spiritual practices and how they kind of help deliver us from the digital technology mm -hmm. 
aspect of our world that you know, we're all kind of immersed in. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, what a what a helpful kind of counterweight to the immediacy, right, of mm-hmm. social media. That it's always that like that that instant affirmation, the instant reply, and yeah, and all that. And then you know, gardening. It's like you know, we're gonna put garlic in our garden pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to harvest that until like, you know, June or July, right? Right. <laughs> At the earliest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, there's a waiting, there's a waiting period. In, in both of those books that I mentioned, I mm-hmm. end every chapter with practices where I try to bring these ideas into something that you can try today. And um, in All Shall Be Well, I start almost every chapter's practices with just take a look around yourself. Where are you today? What's going on today? Because Mm -hmm. we do tend to live in this digital space where whether it's winter or summer, whether it's day or night, um, we can keep on going. And um, I think we do lose that kind of ebb and flow of the, you know, the waves crashing on the shore. We need, we need the full cycle. And it, 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 at this stage of the game, we have to actually remind ourselves to pay attention where am I right now? What's, what's going on right now? Is it time to take a breath? Is it time to get up and run? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being an author, mm-hmm. we all know that there's this kind of expectation that authors are on social media. <laughs> so, you know, I'm curious, like how, how have you found social media intersecting with your work as an author? Um, you know, how has it proven beneficial? How, how, have you, how have you felt like you needed to put some, some barriers around it? Ah, such good questions. Um, I actually enjoy social media a good bit. I know a lot of people feel anxious or fall into like a comparison game. For me, I'm an author because I love ideas and I love people. And I can find both of those readily available, a buffet of people and ideas on social media. So, uh, for me, I do, I do enjoy it. And like you said, as, uh, as an author, I am very much expected <laughs> to be enjoying it. Um, <laughs> it is useful um, to connect with writers and editors. Um, it's, it's life-giving. I don't, I don't know that I would know you, Ed, without social media. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it is useful to be able to create a virtual community of like-minded people that I might not be able to just find in my town. Um, I love being able to communicate with readers. Um, every now and then I'll get a message from a reader on social media who was able to find me and share how something that I've written really impacted them. And that is one of the main gifts of my life. But um, social media is definitely a, uh, a, a pull that does not come with its own barriers, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, right, right as we've all learned from watching The Social Dilemma on Netflix, uh, which I'm not (laughs) endorsing, but it is not set up for um, moderation. It's set up to take over your brain. And I heartily concur that that's true. Um, I do try to set barriers. Um, I try to, I often don't have social media on my phone, actually. I don't want to be standing in line at the grocery store and scrolling. (laughs) I want to be standing in line at the grocery store. Um, 
so much of the writing that I do is reminding myself and hopefully the reader to be present in the moment that I'm in. And having social media on my phone is not helpful at all for that. So mm-hmm. I think that's the main way I try to curb the, the appeal is by limiting my access to it. Right, right. Do you feel like your use has like evolved over the years, either through um, seeing unhealthy patterns that you need to stop or just you've evolved because of situations changing, such as, I don't know, like a global pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of ways I think that my use has evolved um, on just a very practical level. You know, I can remember when email was invented and You know, like email was something that you checked every now and then, you know, kind of for fun. And now it's a part of my daily responsibilities. I can't stay employed if I don't stay on top of my email. Um, And social media has become that for me as an author. Um, I need to be connecting with people there. I need to, I'm receiving work from there. I'm receiving opportunities there. I'm putting out content there. It's, It's become a workplace, a marketplace for me. Um, so in that sense, I definitely use it more. Um, in another sense, I would say I do use it less because I have definitely felt how it has become almost like a virtual reality that you can get sucked into and forget to live in the actual reality. Um, I, want to, I want to know the people who are my neighbors. I want to talk to the people standing in line with me in the grocery store, not just uh, the people that I'm connected to on, on Instagram. So... Um, I do, like I said, I try to put up barriers, um, try to create rhythms where I'm um, spending some of that quiet alone time with God before I'm, I'm, before I'm spending it with my, um, my followers and friends. Um, the pandemic has been hard. I actually felt that I had gotten into a really good rhythm of using mm. it, using social media and not having social media use me. Um, back in December and January, I I actually said out loud, like, I finally feel content with the rhythms that I've created. And I feel like they're embedded enough in my own personal rhythms that I can rely on them. And it's not constant. I don't have to constantly be assessing, like, am I on too much? Am I on too little? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the pandemic hit, and everything moved digital. And that, that has definitely been an X factor. It's hard. For, I'm a little disoriented, I think, about what those rhythms could or should be right now. But right. Um, yeah, I continue to try to remain sitting in this actual chair in this actual room with the people who are actually in, in my earshot and, and not exclusively seeing myself as having a conversation in the digital space. Right. As much as I also enjoy that conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do you feel like uh, almost seeing social media as a kind of a professional tool has helped you create those boundaries a little bit more as far as just, you know, you pursue relationships around you and then there's kind of that professional work, water cooler aspect of social media. Is that, has that helped you? Yeah, I think that does help. And even more, I think seeing it as a ministry tool. Um, Mm. I lean Enneagram 5, and so I could be easily sucked into endless debate about arcane thoughts. (laughs) Uh, But 
because the writing that I do is on spiritual formation and discipleship, I do try to remind myself, I think the, the posture that I try to have, please listeners do not go looking up all my places of failure, but the posture that I try to have on social right. media is, is one of service. Um, I post something if I think it will be of benefit to my readers or to my friends. Um, I share something, uh, not because most of the time I'm feeling uh, impulsive, but because I, I want to, I want to uh, share something that I think, could, I hope, I pray could be of service. Um, that doesn't mean that it's always, sometimes I think we can serve each other through confrontation. Um, sometimes I think we need to serve each other by quieting. Um, but I think trying to remind myself of that posture of yeah. social media space as a place to help each other, to serve each other, to be a ministry space is I think the most helpful frame for me. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, to amp up the questions a little bit, you know, we're, we're recording this literally like a week away from election day. You know, how are Indeed. you, yeah, how are you serving people who are anxious or angry or, you know, how, you know, when you're using social media, um, you know, what, what's, what's been your approach or mindset going into it, especially with this kind of backdrop? Uh, oh, these, these are, these are hard times. Yeah. I, I think we're rarely going to change anyone's mind on social media uh, by arguing with them. Um, I personally have had my mind changed by reading thoughtful things that people I trust have said and doing and practicing deep listening. Um, but that is very different from arguing. Um, I do try to post things that maybe look at things from a different perspective than what I'm, I'm primarily hearing um, and sharing how it impacts me personally at times. Um, I have on Facebook every Wednesday, I open up my page for people to post on all caps <laughs> in case they need to shout. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and people do avail themselves of this. I get a lot of, a lot of shouting and I, 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 the rules that I give are that uh, you can't shout at someone like we're letting it out. <laughs> we're not attacking. Um, whether it's something joyful that you're very excited about or something devastating that you just need to get off your shoulders. Um, I let people shout there, just not at anybody. Um, on Instagram, occasionally I'll ask people to request music and I'll play a clip of a song. Um, so there's a lot of different ways we can try to stay sane, try to find coping mechanisms, but these are hard times. Um, just to clarify, are you singing the song on Instagram? No, no. <laughs> I did that once. That was a one-time event. I'm like, no. I'm going to get Instagram back on my phone. I'm going to dig through no. your... <laughs> no, and plus that was in my stories, so it's gone now. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Um, you know, yeah, my, my oh. profile on social media... Sorry. Go ahead. 
my profile on social media says that I'm on the lookout for beauty, wisdom, and iced coffee. So to whatever degree I can live into that, uh, beauty and wisdom, I don't think are at cross purposes with each other. Mm. Iced coffee always helps. So. Right, right. Even, even in winter, huh? Well, I have hot coffee today. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, we, we're in Kentucky now. I'm, I'm from Philadelphia, and, and uh, I got thrown off by the fact that when you get coffee here, like at like a Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, you have to specify if you want it hot or iced. Like it's, so. Wow. Yeah, so anyway, this might be your kind of place. Uh, yeah, um, maybe I'll have to come visit. Right. <laughs> no, you don't want to visit us. <laughs> we're, we're a hot zone right now. Coffee tourism. <laughs> we're, we're like well, dark you don't, <laughs> you don't want me to come. We're the same. <laughs> oh, you're the same? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and just, just by way of uh, starting to kind of wind things down here, uh, what kinds of practices have helped you find restoration, have grounded you, whether that's, you know, right now during the pandemic or, you know, or if you want to list like your most helpful spiritual practice or whatever, mm -hmm. like, you know, what, what's been really life-giving for you that if someone's like, I want to make more space for spiritual practices in my life, you know, what would be kind of your go-to? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. Um, I do need that quiet. Like I said, all of my books are about finding God during the chaos, <laughs> but I do thrive on some silence. So whether that is literally just paying attention to the breath that I'm taking for that three seconds and kind of recentering myself or um, if it's going on a walk by myself and just really paying attention, you know, not having a podcast on while I'm walking or, um, you know, except for this one, <laughs> um, not making a phone call while I'm walking or driving somewhere, but just being silent for a bit. Um, you know, I'd love to take a silent weekend retreat, but that's not possible right now. So I do look for those places where I can find silence in my daily life and remember that God is there, that God is already right here. We don't need to beg God to come and meet us. We don't need to clean ourselves up. Uh, we just need to remind ourselves that God is already right here. And I always have breath, at least, to remind me of that, even when I don't have more. Um, I've actually been, during the pandemic, uh, re-remembering re the app, since we're talking about smartphones, yeah. pray, as, pray As You Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does a little Lecto Divina uh, on a passage of scripture with some quiet, calming music and some probing, reflective questions. And... I do try, my children are e-learning and there is this uh, little tiny sliver of time before I get, after I get my middle schoolers into school, before I get my daughter into school, where I try to sit and, um, and listen to today's uh, Pray As You Go offering. And I found that to be helpful during this season of being on the go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, a great reminder that I feel like, you know, smartphones are such a, I mean, they are like kind of like little distraction machines, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> at the same time, you know, I started the examine practice because I found an app that yeah. I could use on my phone and I was so addicted to my phone that I was like, oh, this is great. I can use my phone more, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that, that can also, you know, kind of, I mean, for me, it was kind of like training wheels. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Process. 
I do love the prayer of examine, uh, as you're mentioning it. That was actually created for people on the go, uh, people who, um, as, as I'm sure you know, um, a Jesuit tool to uh, stay connected to God no matter what is happening in your life. Um, it allows, invites you to look around yourself, like I mentioned earlier, and see where you are, what's going on right now, um, both outside and inside, um, and then invite God into that space. Reflect on where you are joyful, where you are, where things are broken, like on my Wednesday shouting post. Right. <laughs> um, and then give those things over to God and then look forward into where you're going. And it really is just a thought exercise. Again, I feel like so often the, the spiritual disciplines are just remembering that whether I'm doing the dishes or um, raking leaves or shoveling snow, um, God is here. And it is in God that I live and move and have my being. And I can do whatever it is that I'm doing um, to God's glory and find spiritual nourishment in that if I'm doing it unto and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great, that's a great uh, point to wrap up on. Uh, could you just tell readers or not readers, <laughs> sorry, author brain, <laughs> author brain. Here. I'm an author first. I'm the podcast host, like 20th. Um, <laughs> Where can folks connect with you? Where, where, you know, where can they find you in your books or, hire, you know, not hire you, uh, you know, contact you about coming to speak? Uh, probably the best place to begin is my website, katherinemcneil.com. Both of those names are often misspelled, but it's um, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-M-C-N-I-E-L.com. And from there, you can find links to my uh, to my books, to my social media sites. Um, you can hire me <laughs> as a speaker or even as a, even as a writer or editor. So I would love to hear from any readers or listeners through my website or anywhere else you can find me. My awesome. books are available wherever books are sold. Yeah. And, you know, great, great reviews, great feedback on your books, you know, just, uh, I think they really helped a lot of people. So that's really awesome. I, I pray that that is true. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Ed. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks. I'll, I'll see you on Twitter. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs>